Dear Brother JT, we are pleased to inform you that there is now an opening for your services as a member of the Bethel family. You have stated in your application for Bethel service that you will remain faithfully in that assignment for at least one year. We hope by Jehovah's undeserved kindness you will remain much longer and become a permanent member of the Bethel family. Please accept an expression of our warm Christian love and best wishes. Your brothers joyfully serving others. Watchtower Bible and Tract Society of New York Incorporated for the Personnel Committee. These were a few excerpts from my Bethel acceptance letter. And they told me that yes, you can become a permanent member of the Bethel family. This is the letter that changed my life, that impact so many decisions that I made. And so we will continue on with our series, Life at Bethel, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And in this segment, I'll be talking about the vow of poverty. You see, when I was called to Bethel, there was no such thing as taking a vow of poverty. There was no such thing as a Jehovah's Witness version of a religious order. In fact, every Jehovah's Witness who is watching this video knows that this that I'm about to say is true. You see, if you had a Bible study and you took the circuit overseer with you, you were very proud. Uh, Brother Circuit Overseer, I have a Bible study. He's making good progress. I won't take you along with me. And you sat in this person's home and this person was asked at the end of the study, do you have any questions? And the person says, I want to get your thoughts on something. In my church, we have what's known as religious orders. And I would like you as Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, you're, you're lovers of the Bible. You refer to the Bible in everything you do. You make the Bible a part of your practice and your faith. What does the Bible say about Christians and religious orders? Well, everyone watching this video knows that we would have sat there with that circuit overseer and we will explain to this Bible study that as Jehovah's Witnesses, we don't separate Christians into such groups and distinctions. We're all brothers and sisters. We don't use such labels and such titles. You see, that's what separates us from the world. That's what separates God's people from those outside of God's arrangement. We stick and adhere to the Bible. You see, there are no such designations. And the person tries to explain, well, we have monks and we have nuns and they're part of religious orders. Of, you know, is, what's wrong with that? And once again, we explain to them that such religious orders have no role and place in the Christian congregation. Oh, my goodness. How things have changed. The Order of St. Benedict, the Order of Friars Minor, the Order of St. Augustine. These are religious orders that we have heard of for centuries. And now we have the Worldwide Order of Special Full-Time Servants of Jehovah's Witnesses. Who would have ever thought that Jehovah's Witnesses will establish their own religious order, especially in how they have viewed other religious orders and those who took vows? There was a question from readers from the October 1st, 1973 Watchtower. And in this question from readers, they address the issue of religious orders and vows. 
Note the tenor and the tone of how they speak of religious orders and vows of poverty. One's becoming a disciple of Christ Jesus and fulfilling the requirements that are set for all persons, including repenting and turning around and making public declarations of one's faith and being baptized. Do not involve a vow in the scriptural sense, nor are scriptural vows to be compared with the so-called monistic vows that persons in later centuries were required to make in order to gain admittance into certain religious orders of church organizations. Those vows of chastity, poverty, and obedience place those vowing under obligation to the religious orders and serve those orders as a means of exercising control over their adherence. Higher church officials could absolve persons from certain types of vows, but with some vows, release could be gained only through the tickler head of the church, as in the papal arrangement. The Watchtower does not think much of religious orders and their so-called vows of poverty and obedience. Well, that was fine until the society came along and realized we need to create our own religious order. Is it not amazing that a few tax breaks can literally cause a religious denomination to change its views? Yes, change its teachings changes thoughts on things because of a few tax breaks. So in the April 1st, 2017 study article on what you vow pay, the Watchtower did exactly what they said you're not supposed to do. They decided to do a comparison, a vow of God, a vow of dedication, a vow of marriage to a vow of of poverty to a religious order. They did exactly what they said you were not supposed to do. Take a look at both of those articles, and what you will see is what we have always said. Nobody does hypocrisy better than the Watchtower writers. You see, at one time, we would point to what others did, and we would say, see, we're different. We're not the same as those on the outside. Is it not amazing that the Watchtower Society and Jehovah's Witnesses are picking up more and more of the things of those who they condemned for years and they're becoming just like them? Jehovah's Witnesses today have their own religious order. But you see, it goes a little bit further than that. The vow of poverty and their religious order, it benefits the society. You see, it benefits the society in many ways. When I was at Bethel, they instituted the vow of poverty. It was in the year that I was at Bethel in the 80s. I remember it. We didn't understand it, didn't, didn't think about it, had no meaning to us. You see, when I got my letter to go to Bethel, it was so special because you were going to the headquarters. I remember how they would explain to you once you got to Bethel. During that time, it was about 6 million Jehovah's Witnesses worldwide. And there were only about 6,000 Bethelites worldwide. And they will explain to you in your new boy class, your interest school classes, that you are special because out of six million, you are here with us. You are part of the one percent. Isn't it amazing? Even Jehovah's Witnesses, they got their own one percent. You are part of the one percent. You are special. So when the Watchtower Society asks you to do something, as we mentioned before, you don't ask why. You ask how high. 
So being at Bethel, when we were asked to sign our vow of poverty, you paid it no attention whatsoever, none at all. But you didn't realize the impact it would have on you. Most average Bethelite didn't give much a thought. When society asks you to do something, you do it. Well, I'm going to share with you something that's, that's very interesting how it impacts people, especially since the society has laid off over a thousand Bethelites. Now, this will probably not apply to every country, but it applies specifically to here in the United States. Here in the United States, we have a governmental agency called the IRS. They collect taxes. And part of those taxes they collect, they give to another federal agency. It's called Social Security. The Social Security Administration provides benefits for those who are entitled to them. Now, what happens is, and this is something I did not know, in fact, I didn't realize until after I had left Bethel and I began to work a job and I started getting an interesting little form that comes from the Social Security Department. If you live in the United States, you get what's called your Social Security Statement. And for those of you who live in America, check your files. You know you have it. And when you look through it, what it does, it gives you what you have earned in your lifetime. And why is this so important? Because you see, what it shows is what you have earned, and based on your earnings will be your Social Security benefits. The benefits for you as an individual, if you are married, the benefits for your wife, if you should pass in death, and interestingly as well, even benefits for your children. Well, I'm going to share with you what happened when the vow of poverty kicked in back in the mid-80s. You see... In the mid-80s, the society provided you with certain benefits, your room, your board, and this was actually considered by the IRS as earned income. Therefore, you got credit with the Social Security Department as you started building up your Social Security. Now, if you get a chance, go up onto the Social Security website, ssa.gov, and what you will find is how a person qualifies for certain benefits. In order to get some benefits, you have to have what's known as 40 credits. Average worker receives about four credits a year, which means in a period of about 10 years, you're able to qualify for certain Social Security benefits. Without those 40 credits, or based on what your age is, you may not qualify for certain benefits. You see, the society didn't explain this to anyone. Nobody knew about this. The vow of poverty is taken by those who refer to as being in special full-time service, something that the Apostle Paul never talked about, never heard of. Scriptures make no mention of that. This is a corporate entity. This is a corporate concept that benefits the society because the individual Bethelite, he loses, and he loses big time. Now this right here, this is my Social Security statement. I get this every year, every single year. Social Security Administration mails it out. Especially if you're here in the United States as an American citizen, you'll get one of these. And it's interesting that the year I was at Bethel, when the vow of poverty kicked in, as you will see, they're all zeros. You see, all the years, those Bethelites who they just let go, over a thousand of them, all the years that they were at Bethel since they signed the vow of poverty, 
they receive no earned credit with the Department of Social Security. They have no earned credit. And there is a video that the society produces called the Wife of Lot. Well, there was a Bethelite in that video. That Bethelite came to Bethel with me. He's an African-American brother. He is the brother who is giving the talk at the Kingdom Hall. That individual and I came to Bethel the same day. We flew up from North Carolina out of Norfolk, Virginia on People's Express. That's right. And he's been at Bethel ever since. So when it kicked in in the mid-80s, when he looks at his statement, it has nothing but zeros. For a Bethelite who left, when they left Bethel and the society kicked these people out, and keep in mind, our Bethel letter, the one I received, says you can become a permanent member of the Bethel family. Typically, after about five years at Bethel, and this was never in writing, but it was an understanding that you were, as it were, vested, as it were, as some of the Bethelites say, you, you made your five years yet, because you became basically a permanent Bethelite. When I was coming along, we were told, as young people, don't pursue a worldly career. Pursue a spiritual career. Go to Bethel. Go into the pioneer work. And why? Because Jehovah does not lay off like the worldly system does. Well, over a thousand Bethelites found out that yes, the organization lays off folks too. The difference is when most people get laid off from a job, there are some benefits. It was probably one of the coldest things I had ever heard when I was first told about the Bethelites being asked to leave Bethel. My question was, well, did they get any type of compensation? Did they get at least a letter being sent out all around the world saying, brothers, we have brothers who are being reassigned. They're moving into your congregations. Help them as much as you can. Help them to get their feet on the ground. They've been here at Bethel for 10, 20, 30 plus years. Help these brothers and sisters get established. Nah. In fact, for a Bethelite to have left Bethel, and complain, he would have got dogged. Any congregation he went in and complained about how they were treated being kicked out of Bethel, he would have got dogged. Him and his wife, they would have got dogged. That's what would have happened to them. So there are literally thousands, over a thousand Bethelites who were kicked out of Bethel. And right now, these people are sitting in congregations. Many of them cannot share with individuals how they really felt. When I heard about this, I had a chance to talk to some people. People at Bethel were crying. People were crying because they were being kicked out into the cold. Circuit overseers, they watch in disbelief as an entire level of the society's management team, the district overseers, were kicked out into the cold. Yes, this organization, like any other corporation, treats its people exactly the same way. One of the reasons for the exemption for those who take the vow of poverty is because the government knows that religious organizations who have members who do take the vow of poverty, that they're going to take care of them. They're going to make sure they're taken care of, especially when they get into their older age. So Social Security doesn't become an issue. Why? Because the church, the religion, the denomination is going to look out for his people. That's not what happened for Jehovah's Witnesses. District overseers in their 60s and 70s, the society had no type of 
program, no type of benefits set aside whatsoever for these individuals anywhere around the world. They just weren't fortunate enough to have somebody who helped them out. As an organization, as a denomination, nothing was in place for them. And so the stories that you hear, they're just heartbreaking. For example, one couple, when they got accepted to Bethel, uh, they sold their home as part of closing out all their debts and finances and so forth before going to Bethel. And the proceeds, they donated to the society. Why? Because they were so thankful for being called into as a Bethelite. Him and his wife, they were going to be members of the Bethel family. And because they were so happy, they gave the sale of their home to the society. And yes, you guessed it. They were one of the individuals that the society let go. I can only imagine what must have went through their mind as they came to Bethel and donated the proceeds of their home to the society, and now the society is telling them to leave. It's absolutely amazing. And of course, they no doubt were expecting to be permanent members of the Bethel family one day. See, this is what goes on behind the scenes. Many people, they don't see the other side. As I tell people all the time, understanding the man behind the curtain makes all the difference in the world. And so we have people, sincere Jehovah's Witnesses, they come to our site all the time and they will hear things they never heard. They will read things they never looked at and they will hear conversations and discussions about topics that will never, ever be discussed at a kingdom hall or at any Jehovah's Witness home when they're having a gathering or individuals over at their home. And they become frustrated and they want to say something. They don't know what to say, so they will attack the individual who raises the issue. They'll call them liars, and the list goes on and on and on because they want to defend the society. And we understand because we did the same thing. The society was taught to be viewed as mother, our mother that we listened to. And the, the same as with anyone, you talk about somebody's mama, you're going to lose your teeth. That's just the way it is. And so a witness has been taught to view the organization as their mother. And so when they come to these sites and they hear the conversations and the topics that are being raised, it's hard to deal with. Oh, my goodness, it's hard. And so you can't get mad at them. You can't get mad at them. All you can do is feel for them. So they respond back. Some use profanity and they just curse and, and cause all kinds of derogatory names. It's just a way of trying to defend themselves. In psychology, we learned that it's called a defense mechanism. That's all it is. But at the end of the day, we encourage people. After you finish going off, you then you got to deal with the critical thinking questions. You got to deal with the issues that are being raised. Attacking the messenger, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's pointless. Focus on the message. You see, this is what it was like for those who were at Bethel and got kicked out. They had taken a vow of poverty. They had said, I will serve as long as I possibly can. And the society basically said, come, come to us. We will take care of you. As I was told in my letter, you can become a permanent member of the Bethel family. You see, the Watchtower is like any other corporation. Words don't mean much. They can revise the definition of the word anytime they want to. And that's what they did. So Jehovah's Witnesses, the hypocrisy of condemning other religions for their religious orders, and then only to turn around and get the benefits of creating their own religious order not taking care of their people, 
many denominations, there are individuals who have taken what is called a vow of poverty. Those religious denominations, they look after their people. Jehovah's Witnesses, the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, they kicked a thousand of them to the curb and they said, make it the best way you can. Thank you for your service. That's the same thing any other corporation does. So all those years we were being told when I was growing up, Jehovah doesn't lay off. Well, it looks like he does. And so the sad thing is, you know, here in the United States, a lot of people who may not have a pension, they are literally living on their social security. So can you imagine you've been at Bethel now for 15, 20, 30 years and you have contributed nothing to your social security and now Bethel asks you to leave. For example, imagine if someone is injured and they're disabled and they cannot work. They go down to the Social Security Administration and they begin to look up, well, how long did you work? Oh my goodness, you only worked one year. What happened? Well, I went to Bethel at 19. Well, now you're 42 years old. You have nothing, you have nothing accumulated in Social Security. Person, for example, may pass in death. Their spouse, who is now entitled to Social Security benefits here in the United States, they go down to apply, form a Bethel-like couple. She gets down there and they pull up both of their names. They've been at Bethel 22 years. They have nothing in Social Security. When you consider that people are impacted in such a way and yet the society does not assist them in any shape, form, or fashion. That is so sad. When you consider these are the people who were the most devoted, these are the people who gave the most of themselves, and yet the society didn't help them at all. And there are people who are probably watching this video. If you are a former Buffalite, and you are part of that group of people who were impacted, feel free to contact us. We love to know your story because this is a very serious story because people's lives and people's welfare is at stake. As we know, the society's fine. They got their cushy home up at Warwick. They're fine. The people who are the movers and shakers in this organization, they will be fine. But for the rest of those who are left behind, you're going to find yourself out in the cold and the society has no concern. As we've said so many times before, this is a corporation. We move books for a book publishing corporation. It's just that simple. So when the Bethelites took the vow of poverty, nothing changed for the Bethelite. It didn't benefit him at all. It was merely a formality that would benefit the organization. And years later now, we see how that the Bethelites who took the vow of poverty, they lost. And they lost big time. So the society literally set up an entire religious order. The circuit overseers, at one time the district overseers, the assembly hall overseers, they are classified as Bethelites, hence they fall under the special full-time service and the missionaries. All of these different entities that the Watchtower has created, these different little subsets, all of these individuals took the vow of poverty. Didn't benefit them at all. Was of no benefit whatsoever but it benefited the society because society no longer had to set aside anything for you. Their not, income was not considered taxable. Their room and board and so forth and so on. It wasn't. At one time it was. But now it's not. And therefore the society benefited 
But the individuals, they have lost. They have lost big time. Once again, we see the hypocrisy of this organization. They condemn other religious groups for setting up religious orders. Then they set up a religious order. And what do they do? They take advantage of their people who are part of the religious order. This is an organization that you really need to take the time to examine closely. As we always tell people, two things, examine the teachings and the culture, and you will get an aspect of Jehovah's Witnesses that you have never seen before. So once again, welcome to Life at Bethel, where we will continue to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly. This has been JT. This program was sponsored by Critical Thinkers.